Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Breda Pest Management, the official pest control of UGA Athletics. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. You know, I'll be honest, I'm no different than many of you. Uh, I kind of operate the same way that any football fan would operate. Obviously, I love talking Georgia football because it's my job, but also because Georgia football is my favorite team, and we have a fan-oriented conversation around here. That means that we kind of go through the ebbs and flows and the emotion that any typical fan would go through. When a Brock Bowers injury occurs, obviously there's a sense of like devastation when that first happens. I mean, Bowers is a terrific football player. In addition to being very valuable, he's also just fun to watch. And so clearly when Bowers deals with an injury, there's a sense at the beginning of that, which is, oh, you know, that's just, you know, not what you want to hear. But as time goes on, you know, fans kind of return to sort of a normal mindset and sort of a normal state of being which means that optimism kind of creeps back into the picture and you sort of start to get a little bit of a fresher perspective of, you know, maybe this is not quite as bad as it initially appeared that it might be. Maybe, in this case, Georgia, maybe Georgia's chances of overcoming this are a little better than maybe your first blush reaction to this might would have been. We will get to, I think, a very specific reason for Georgia today why maybe that's true. I'm going to give you sort of a simple stat, easy for everybody to understand that actually suggests that, you know what, Georgia's probably, or at least has a very good chance to maybe be okay here. We'll get to that here coming up in just a moment. Prior to that, Kirby Smart also spoke last night. His only uh, kind of official press conference media availability here of this week. And the topic of Brock Bowers, you might imagine, was heavy on his mind. And one of the things we'll begin with here is from Kirby Smart. You know, on Monday, I asked John Stinchcomb, I said, you know, John, you don't like to think about this, but it is true. Brock Bowers has a very, very lucrative NFL future, we would believe, ahead of him. How much does he need to be thinking about that right now, as opposed to just coming back and helping Georgia go for three and 23, as we like to say? How much should Brock Bowers be kind of weighing both of those considerations? John weighed in on that topic there on Monday, but Kirby Smart had his turn with that there last night there as well. And as you might imagine, that's the kind of question that Smart doesn't necessarily want to take directly head on. This is Smart on that subject from last night. I don't think it's it's much about any of that as it is the more I've learned and you know, I've slowly become a, a bigger expert on this tightrope surgery because not because of Brock, because we've had multiple other guys and so have other teams. You know, I've talked to Hugh Freeze, Shane, uh, uh, several of the guys you know, in our conference have dealt with this injury. It's, it's much more common. It's all over the NFL. So it's, it's happening at a, a higher rate, I guess you would say. And um, a lot of studies have been done on it. And philosophically, to get healthy, you need to you know, get back moving that ankle um, as soon as you can, meaning get on it, get weight-bearing, move around. And we've had guys going through this process. Uh, so you know, Brock will take on that same rehab process. and. Uh, his surgeon and, and, and Ron will work together on that, and it won't be done any different. The, the key is that we are trying to get him back healthy. There is no timeline for when he comes back to play. The timeline is when he's healthy, and I don't think you could put a timeline on it because historically there's been guys that came back really fast, and there's been guys that come back really slow. Each one's been different. So it's important to remember that at the end there, Georgia's not going to rush Brock Bowers. They're not going to make any kind of decision – on the basis of panic of oh my gosh we're doomed if we don't have you therefore we need to rush you back at the expense of your own health that's just obviously the kind of thing that georgia would never do 
there are a couple of other things about what Kirby Smart says there that I think are worth kind of mentioning there too. While the tightrope surgery is a relatively new phenomenon around football, it also happens so frequently now that I think a lot of coaches do feel like they know a decent bit about this. And the medical training staffs obviously know f- far more. They feel like they know far more because while we've only been talking about this particular surgery for a handful of years, so many guys are having it that the knowledge base about this just goes up every time people kind of have somewhat common experiences and if I was team Bowers here or a Georgia fan that obviously has great care and concern for Brock the fact that you do see this happen so frequently and you do have a pretty established track record for guys returning from this is the kind of thing that would obviously give me a a good deal of confidence and I'm always interested in these moments in which the lives of these ultra elite sec athletes actually don't feel all that different from us because there aren't very many things in my life i would have in common with brock bowers you're kind of the same way on that that he's just such a top shelf you know one tenth of one percent level 99.9999 you know percentile you know level athlete that we can't relate to him at all but there's an element of what Kirby says about Bowers recovery that's actually just like ours too. If you ever have one of these like sort of weekend warrior style injuries or something like that, here's the thing you know. You got to get back moving as quickly as you can, right? You know, you got to get back to normal activity as quickly as you can, whether that's for you running or something with your shoulder or your back, whatever else. You can't just freeze up and stop moving because at that point in time, the pain's going to last longer. The recovery is going to be prolonged even longer there as well. So when Kirby says, hey, Here's the one thing we see, getting back to movement, getting back to activity, that's a part of the recovery process, which in a roundabout way could also be good for Brock eventually playing sooner rather than later for UGA there as well. But we all in our own life with our own little sort of weekend warrior style injuries have some sort of understanding of that of you got to find a way to kind of get back to it, whether it's through physical therapy or just kind of getting back to the activity that you love itself. You don't want to not use that 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 joint or that whatever that's hurt because at that point in time, you're sort of prolonging the recovery process. But on the heels of kind of sidestepping the question of, hey, how do you weigh the balance of going on to the NFL, staying here in college, helping George win another national championship? Smart was then asked directly. I'm going to give credit to the uh, inquisitor here. was asked directly how confident Kirby was that Brock would play again this year and at that point in time, a little bit more of a forceful pushback from Kirby on that premise. This is Kirby from last night. Kirby, how confident would you say you are that Brock will be back in a Georgia uniform this, at some point this season? You really think I'm going to answer that question? I mean, like, is that all this this is about? Like, you guys, all y'all want to talk about is whether he's going to be back or not. That's not – like, that is the furthest thing from my concern. My concern is this team and getting Brock Bowers healthy. And this team – and getting Brock Bowers healthy, like answer that question is speculative. I'm not going to speculate. If we're being completely honest, sometimes non-answers are also answers in their own right. And the fact that Kirby Smart wants to refrain from speculation on that would lead you to believe there's obviously a lot of considerations in place here. Now, my overall thought is, my assumption is, is that Bowers is back, helping Georgia go for three and 23. But there's obviously a lot to think about here. And that's why the nature of the questions was what it was last night. But in the immediate present tense, Georgia gets ready to start playing games next Saturday without Brock and for the next few games thereafter that. And this is where it was also really interesting from Kirby Smart last night on the idea of, well, who steps up? You know, who's the guy that has the larger responsibility now that Brock Bowers won't be playing? And once again, a very compelling answer from Kirby. 
even bringing in an all-time great superhero into the discussion here. This is a very honest and very open, you know, from Kirby about his direct message to the team about how they need to play with Brock Bowers not out here. Kirby, one more time. If they think that one guy is going to replace Brock Bowers, they're wrong. And if anybody thinks they got to be Superman, they don't need to be on our team because they'll be disappointed. Superman is not real. He's, he's dead. He's not alive. So, like, he's not real. So you can't you can't try to be that guy. So there's no player that we're asking to step up and do more than you can. We're as a collective effort. Every player is going to do more. That includes defense, getting turnovers, special teams, getting better field position. Uh, you know, other guys opportunities to touch the ball and make the most of it. So I don't know in 2023 if Superman is as big a deal as it used to be. It seems like today it's more about the Marvel characters and things like that. But when I was a kid, Superman was still a pretty big deal. We had like the Super Friends cartoon and people older than me, they love Superman for sure. Can you imagine being a kid and you're sort of, you know, strolling through the living room, your dad's watching the Kirby Smart press conference on his phone or laptop, whatever else. And some kid hears this guy like, Superman is not real. Superman is dead. Can you imagine <laughs> Can you imagine how shocking that'd be for a kid super into Superman who perhaps heard that? Uh, I just thought that was kind of funny in sort of an out-of-context type of way. But beyond that, what Kirby's saying is right there, is that no one person is going to be asked to be Superman in place of Brock Bowers not being there. Everyone is going to be called upon to shoulder a slightly larger load. I mean, you remember like the Brad Pitt line from when he's playing Billy Bean in the movie Moneyball that – with Jason Jobby leaving the athletics and, you know, all those guys leaving, Johnny Damon, you know, the real issue is how do you replace the overall stats that those players produced? And that's kind of the story for Georgia. It's like there's a certain stat line that Bowers is kind of responsible for on a per-game basis, and it's not about replacing the player, the specific name. It's about replacing the numbers that player puts up. And that doesn't have to just be tight ends. It's a combination of tight end, receiver, everything else. And you know, running game can help with that. We're going to talk more about Carson Beck, his role in that here coming up in a moment. And as Kirby said, hey, it's also a chance for the defense going to step up and kind of help in that regard too, make it a little bit easier in the offense playing without its best player here right now. No one player has to be Superman, in other words. And kind of brings me back to where I started from a moment ago, that as a fan, someone who wants the best for Georgia and someone who definitely believes the best of Georgia includes Brock Bowers at first you're pretty dejected about this injury you're pretty concerned about it and even now I'm still not going to sugar sugarcoat this playing the games that George is about to play with Brock Bowers is much more difficult it just is that's that's just a fact all four of these next four games uh, I believe are much more difficult without Brock Bowers if he indeed doesn't play in any of them but here is just kind of a simple reminder that while it's more difficult, it's not impossible. You know, we know how important Bowers has been to Georgia. You go back and look at last year's postseason. He had, what, six catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown against LSU in the SEC championship. He had uh, four catches, 64 yards uh, against Ohio State and against uh, TCU in the national championship game. He had uh, seven catches, 152 yards, uh, and a touchdown. He also had a uh, rushing touchdown against Ohio State. This is a guy who had just incredible stat lines in the postseason for Georgia because that's how good of a player he is. But if you think for a moment here about the two most important regular season games that Georgia played a year ago, the two most important regular season games that Georgia played a year ago, for whatever reason, Brock Bowers, statistically speaking, was not a big part of those games. Against Oregon in week one, remember Georgia scored touchdowns on seven straight possessions, ended up beating Oregon 49-3. to That was a very significant win for Georgia. 
But Bowers only had two catches for 38 yards, didn't have a rushing attempt that day. The Tennessee game, remember Tennessee coming into Athens, the number one team in the country, and it was going to take everything that Georgia could muster just to keep it close against this Tennessee team that was viewed to be unbeatable. Well, the truth is that day, Georgia gets the win, but Bowers only has three catches, 27 yards, just one rushing attempt for seven yards. Once again, Bowers not a huge part of the overall offensive story for Georgia on that particular day. Now, the caveat to this is when he's on the field, defenses are still thinking about him, and therefore, theoretically, that opens up opportunities for other players. I won't deny that. But this idea that Georgia can't beat good teams without big statistical days from Brock Bowers, last year, Oregon, which is probably better than any of the next four teams Georgia's about to play, Tennessee a year ago, probably better than any of the four teams that Georgia's about to play. Georgia was able to win both those games in convincing fashion without getting the big game from Brock Bowers. And I don't know that Georgia had anything offensively in either of those two games that's far better and far different than what it probably has offensively going to work without Brock for these next four games there as well. So perhaps that's bringing a little optimism back in the discussion that while it's not easy to replace Brock and everything about beating the teams George is about to play without Brock is made more difficult, it is not impossible. And Georgia beat Oregon easily last year without really calling on Brock very much. Last year, UGA kind of liked to flex, sometimes by getting other guys involved. It did so against Oregon. Uh, It did so against Tennessee. And now it gets that same chance to flex again. Everybody who's not a Georgia fan is sort of tuned in, waiting to see, does, does Georgia wilt? Does Georgia buckle under the weight of not having its best player? But it's, this, it's these kind of moments and this kind of adversity that Georgia oftentimes is at its best. It'll be called upon to be at its best here over the course of the next few weeks as long as Brock's not playing. And that could be a call that these dogs are more than ready to answer. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Breda Pest Manager. We're happy to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today, live on video. We start at 945, first and 15, dognation.com, the Dog Nation app, 10 a.m. after that across all video platforms, Radio Noon, Athens Sports Radio 960, The Ref, podcast wherever you find them. Just glad you're here and a part of the program today. And a big thanks to our friends at Breda Pest Management, who make it all possible for you there as well the official pest control provider of uga athletics that means they're keeping all those uga athletic facilities protected from bugs and critters and everything else and they want to protect you there as well because when you're sitting there sanford stadium looking down that football field you see the football field and the the size that it is 100 yards wide or i guess 120 yards wide if you count the end zones 53 yards you know uh, uh wide across when you think about a space that large there's room in that space for a million termites and the same ground underneath the home where you live the same kind of things going on so if there's that many termites around you in your home the yard that surrounds your home what is stopping those termites from getting into your home and doing the kind of damage these silent destroyers are capable of doing well the thing that should be stopping your home is Breda pest management this is especially true if you've been using some sort of fly-by-night company for your termite protection and they're having a hard time keeping up and so therefore their cost of service to you keeps going up and the quality of service you may be getting is going down that's not going to be the case with Breda Pest Manager the official pest control provider of UG Athletics wants to save you more money right now just for making that switch and I'll tell you my wife and I are having a conversation seemingly every day about how everything has just gotten so much more expensive and the more expensive things get 
the harder life is. We understand that. We're, we're not immune to that in our family, and I'm, I know you're not there either. So we're looking for ways to save money where we can. We're looking for ways to put more money back into our pockets when we have the chance to, and that's what our friends at Breda Pest Management also provide for you. So I want you to find them online. It's BredaPest.com. That's B-R-E-D-A, BredaPest.com. Make the switch to Breda Pest Management for your pest control uh, providing provisions to be your pest control provider how about that termite protection everything else they're the official pest control provider of uga athletics breda pest manager online bredapest.com b-r-e-d-a all right tonight is a huge night around dog nation 6 30 p.m on dognation.com we are going to host the 2023 chick-fil-a dog bowl which is uh hosted by uh mark Richt, who was on with us yesterday to tell you about this great event it's going to be a wonderful time raising money for parkinson's disease research crohn's disease research through the isingson center there at uga uh, incredible incredible stuff it's just a really worthy cause near and dear to the rick family's heart we're so proud to be able to do that with them and we really want to encourage you to do two things tune in and watch tonight because it's going to be a lot of fun former georgia players going to be on hand current georgia players going to be on hand they're going to be bowling we're going to be showing this to you on the screen it's just going to be an event really unlike anything we've done around dog nation and a wonderful chance for you to be a part of that but in addition to watching the other thing i want you to do i want to encourage you to give if you can tonight to help support coach rick his family as they raise money obviously coach rick himself has been impacted by parkinson's disease we are all I think inspired and motivated by the courageous way he continues to fight that use his life for the betterment of all of us and the best way to support coach rick is a cause like this that he's raising money for this parkinson's disease research the same thing for the crohn's disease research there as well one of his grandchildren is uh dealing with crohn's disease many of you know people who have kind of had these sort of you know digestive type diseases and it's really impactful in your quality of life and so if you've been personally touched by that another opportunity to help raise money uh, here for this here this evening it could not be easier to do that right now if you go to dognation.com you'll see right there pretty much all the banner ads uh, around the website are going to be for the chick-fil-a dog bowl click into that help coach rick raise some money uh we've already gone over seven hundred thousand dollars coach rick's got the goal of seven hundred fifty thousand i believe kirby smart's going to push you to raise even more than that so let's do that for some great causes here tonight chick-fil-a dog bowl streaming live at dognation.com we'll talk to uh, mike griffith more about this here coming up also before we're done today a great interview with jake Fromm that i was lucky enough to record yesterday now we'll get into the normal stuff with jake he's got some thoughts on brock and everything else but Jake told a really interesting story. We're talking about Georgia, Florida, and what the game means to him. And he acknowledged what a lot of us remember, the pressure that he felt going into that game in 2018, coming off the loss to LSU, big questions being answered. Obviously, people, you know, in some respects wonder, well, maybe Justin Fields ought to be the guy for Georgia. Well, that particular day, Jake Fromm stepped up and played, I think what you'll say is the best game he ever played in a Georgia uniform. When his status as the Georgia starting quarterback was in question when people were wondering if Jake should be the guy against a hated rival in Florida with the season kind of hanging in the balance Jake Fromm played an amazing football game against those lousy stinking Gators there in 2018 so as a precursor to Georgia Florida next week and all the talk about the cocktail party a really strong story from Jake Fromm about that here coming up in just a little bit prior to that though let's go around the doghouse poured the day by our friends at Dr. Pepper. And one of the guys is actually going to be on hand for the Chick-fil-A dog bowl tonight. 
uh, with Mark Rick. He's one of Rick's great former players, and that's David Pollock. David's a terrific football analyst. It's almost as if there ought to be a big national show that airs before the games that ought to have David on there talking college football each week. Seems like that would be a really good idea for someone to do. I don't know if there's a national show smart enough to do that. Perhaps certainly by appearances there's not. But um, it seems like that's what ought to be the case because he's pretty good at talking about this college football stuff. But nonetheless, Pollock was on the Dan Patrick radio show talking about a lot of things that relates to college football, but also about Georgia in particular. As we're around the doghouse, poured by Dr. Pepper today, I want you to hear David's thoughts about Georgia. Very interesting how he describes Georgia in terms of its overall playing personality here right now. This is David on Georgia in the aftermath even of the Bowers injury. Here's David Pollock from Dan Patrick. They're an offensive team. I think they're a team that you're going to have to depend on Carson Beck, who's, listen, he, he's a flamethrower. Like, that dude's got an arm. He's got poise. He's got weapons with McConkie, and you see Ra Ra Thomas starting to come on, you know, another tra- a transfer from Mississippi State. So I think, I think they're good enough to score with anybody. Um, stopping people is going to continue to be a challenge. You saw it with Vanderbilt again. I mean, yeah. the defense is – if you turn on a game the last two years and you watch Georgia's defense and you turn it on now, you're like – what happened so when david pollack says that in just matter of fact terms that right now this is an offensive team not a defensive team it's an offensive team david says hey you're watching this georgia defense right now you're wondering what happened why isn't this defense as good as it once was that is a pretty bold statement for david to make and perhaps that is in the midst of kind of coming true here right now that the personality of this georgia team right now just going to be a little bit different than it's been in the past they are going to lean more on their offense even in the absence of brock bowers because david saying that comes after he'd already been obviously well aware of the bowers injury i'm going to get back more to the defensive part of this with david in a moment but let me kind of address the 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 back part of this too actually let me do this in the reverse order so let me start with the defensive part of this so david says hey you know what's going on with this defense where is this you know you know how come this defense isn't quite what it once was well with dan patrick yesterday david kind of got into more detail about exactly where this georgia defense the way we've come to expect it exactly where that has gone here's david pollock again you don't have runs like that. Like all of those guys that you saw during those those two year run, they're all playing on Sundays. If you turn the tape off, like you start watching Sundays, like oh yeah, I remember that guy. That guy played defense at Georgia. That guy played defense at Georgia. I mean, all eleven of the defensive starters for the first national championship, they all got drafted. So, I mean, it's just it's gonna look different. But if you look at the schedule, Ole Miss is gonna be a problem. A running quarterback with a system that can also run the football, throw the football a little bit more. But again, that's at home. Uh, Missouri is the, is one of the, is their next toughest game. That's at home. So it is a tough place to go to walk into with that crowd, that noise, that atmosphere. It's tough for anybody to go in there and win. So David says the Ole Miss game, a problem. Missouri challenging with the Georgia crowd, perhaps aiding Georgia in victory there in that spot. But the idea of the Georgia defense is now being impacted by two years worth of big time departures first round picks like nolan smith and jalen carter off last year's defense the five first round picks off the 2021 defense and some of those player departures some of those nfl names no longer here david says that's finally starting to catch up with georgia perhaps that's true but the other thing that david mentioned a moment ago is worth circling back on the idea that with the defense right now not quite being up to the same standard the 2021 and 2022 defenses have been at with Georgia kind of reinventing itself offensively in the absence of uh, Brock Bowers, 
as David said, this now gives a much bigger spotlight on Georgia quarterback Carson Beck. And the Beck story this year, I think, has been pretty interesting. Beck probably did not play his best game against Vanderbilt this past Saturday. That's fair to point out. But when you look at the season in its totality, full game against Kentucky, certainly big comebacks against both Auburn and South Carolina, ask yourself this question. How many quarterbacks in the SEC right now are playing better than Carson Beck? For those of you that watch this stuff closely. To me, the only quarterback in this league that I think you can say you have a reasonable argument to say has played better than Beck thus far this year is probably Jaden Daniels from LSU. I believe that's probably the case, which is somewhat surprising to me. Daniels has been better this year than I expected him to be. But nonetheless, that's the one guy in the league right now who I think you can say, yep, that guy may have been better than Beck. Other than that, Carson's been about as good, if not better, than everybody. And when you watch the way in which, you know, kind of beginning of the year, some people kind of had him slotted sort of middle of the pack, and as weeks progress and things go on slowly but surely, the overall perception of Beck is going up. And by the way, that may not just be true from kind of a SEC perspective. You know, you look nationally here right now. Looks like Jake J. McCarthy from Michigan's having a really good year. Michael Penix from Washington's having a really good year. Caleb Williams is still Caleb Williams, even if USC is incredibly flawed. But beyond that, you know, Drake May, of course, is really good too. But beyond that, I would say that, that Carson Beck is doing a pretty good job also kind of inserting himself into the national quarterback conversation as well. And now with Bowers not here, Beck's ability to kind of get the healthy Lad McConkey involved, Dominic Lovin involved, as we talked about, Oscar Delp and whatever else Georgia does at the tight end position, the other receivers. Connor stood on the table a little bit yesterday for Marcus Rosemey Jackson, of course, with good reason. That all of this might put even more of a spotlight on Carson Beck the rest of the way. And David's right that maybe Georgia does lean on Beck a little bit more. To hear one more clip from Kirby Smart, Smart talked last night about what he has seen from Beck here this season. And obviously, as you might expect, Kirby's review of Carson is positive. Here's Kirby again. Yeah, uh, he plays uh, very uh, consistent uh, winning football uh, when he plays within the system. Um, I think sometimes when he tries to do too much, he gets himself in trouble. But he's played uh, a really high level to me. You know, uh, like a 90% success rate and keeping the 10% from being catastrophic is critical because uh, that's that's the ones you want to get back. And then uh, if he can take those 10% and throw them away and keep his 90% and his accuracy, you know, he's, we're going to be good offensively when he's good. So once again, that kind of goes with the overall theme of today's show where, you know, coming out a couple of days away, removed from the official word on the Brock Bowers injury, the fact that it is the surgery and the longer recovery time, optimism sort of starts to creep back in here right now. And Kirby Smart says, hey, we think we're going to be fine offensively. We think we can still be really good offensively, and Carson Beck can be a big reason why. I don't believe that Kirby Smart's overstating it when he says that way, nor do I think that David Pollock is perhaps overstating it when he says that Georgia can lean on Carson. Carson, I believe, through seven games has shown you he's good enough and the kind of quarterback perhaps you can lean on. And Beck's own fame as one of the best quarterbacks in the sport, perhaps that's set to be on the climb here in future weeks as well. And that is Around the Doghouse, poured today by our friends at Dr. Pepper. And, of course, this weekend, a chance to sort of settle in and watch some other football beyond just Georgia. And as you're settling in and watching college football, you'll see those Fansville commercials because Dr. Pepper loves college football and college football fans, this one for sure, 
definitely loves Dr. Pepper. So when you're shopping this week at Kroger, wherever you're picking up your groceries, get stocked up on that rich, one-of-a-kind flavor of Dr. Pepper. It's the one fans deserve. Uh, It's certainly perfect for your game day watching here on Saturday there as well. So try yourself some Dr. Pepper, perhaps the brand new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream or the Dr. Pepper Pepper Zero Sugar, whichever option you want. It's going to be a great accompaniment to your game day festivities. Dr. Pepper bringing around the doghouse to us here today. All right, before we're done, as we told you, really, really, really fun interview with Jake Fromm. We'll get to that. Jake's got plenty to say about Brock Bowers, but for now, Mike's own thoughts about being with Brock Bowers because he was with uh, Kirby Smart uh, last night to hear about this. Uh, And the big event we have coming up tonight, the 2023 Chick-fil-A Dog Bowl with Mark Richt and so much more. Let's talk to Mike Griffith. Let's get a Georgia Farm Bureau Insider Update with him here today on Dog Nation Daily. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com Insider. Mike, a lot of ground to cover with you before we see you tonight for the Chick-fil-A Dog Bowl with uh, Mark Rick there in Athens. Great experience that's going to be. Let's start, though, with the news at hand. George obviously kind of moving past the initial shock and awe of the Brock Bowers injury news. How do you think George is set to respond to all of this here moving forward, Mike? You know, in the immediacy, I mean, I think that for Florida, I feel like, you know, George is so good with the week off behind Kirby. I feel like they're going to marshal their forces, and I think we're going to see a Kentucky type of effort. I really do. I, I don't know about a 23-point win, but I feel like Georgia um, in the game plan, and you know, Florida's going to be at a big disadvantage. They don't really know how, you know, Mark, how uh, Mike Bobo is, is going to respond. Like, well, what, what are they going to do? They, they don't know what, what's going to be plan B. I mean, everybody knew before Brock Bowers was go-to guy and, and offense is Superman. But now, um, you know, you know, George is going to have a couple weeks to do things a little bit differently. So I feel like, I feel like the initial response of Brandon, just because of the level of resiliency that we've seen in this program, I feel like the initial response will be strong. Yeah, and I've also said, well, I agree with you on that. I do expect one of these games over the course of the next four to be really tough. I think I probably thought that even if Brock Bowers is going to play. I mean, it just sort of stands to reason that a Georgia team that's not necessarily blowing teams out this year would be in a situation moving forward where it's not exactly blowing somebody out here over the course of the next you know, stretch of month of play either. And without Brock Bowers, a closer game becomes a little bit more difficult to win. Now, Georgia is still going to be a sizable point spread favorite in all these games, but one of these games being closer than experts think and having to dig deep and find something out about yourself, my assumption is that Georgia would probably be doing that even if Brock was playing. Yeah, I mean, they already have. I mean, they, they trailed, you know, three teams that have a combined 1-10 and record in the league. Um, you know, by, by 7-10 to 10 points, it would have been 10 points against Vandy if they had missed the field goal. So, to your point, we've, we've already seen them have to show us character. We've already seen them have to show us resiliency and, and come from 10 down on the road at Auburn and trail in the third quarter after a um, Oscar Delp fumble uh, coming out in the second half. They fell behind in the second half at Auburn. And, you know, um, they fell behind. They were behind in the second half against South Carolina when it, when it started. So we've already seen this team have to respond to adversity. And now the question becomes, how do they respond to adversity without having Brock Bowers to turn to? And, and that's where everybody, uh, you know, has to step up. You know, chief among them, Lad McConkey, provided that he's healthy. And, and Lawson Lucky, who's the guy that really plays Brock's spot? 
Yeah, and I think my overall feeling about Georgia right now is that still deserving of being number one because I don't know that the overall case for anybody else is all that compelling. Not nearly as dominant right now as they were, certainly in either the last two years, but the potential, I believe, still exists for this to still be a dominant team before the year's done. Whether they get there or not, the potential still exists. So if if Mike, that's kind of my thumbnail of Georgia right now. Deserving number one, not quite as dominant as the previous Georgia number ones have been, but the door is open for them to walk in that direction before the year is done. How close does that align with what you think about Georgia right now? I think Georgia can still win the national championship. I don't know if I'd use the word dominant just because the defense is given up three touchdowns to Vanderbilt, gave up three touchdowns to UAB, um, has not been – oh, they haven't been dominant. And they've been good. Uh, you know, they've been resilient. Uh, they've made plays. But we're seven games into the season, and there's no forced fumbles yet. The interior defensive line is, is still good, but certainly not at the level that it was with Jalen Carter certainly not at the level that it was at Nolan Smith at the outside linebacker spot. I mean, those, those drop-offs have been notable. Um, and I think the secondary is very good. feel very good about the secondary. feel very good about the inside linebackers. But, you know, you don't have that outside jack linebacker coming off the edge like Nolan Smith. It's just not even debatable. And I don't think anybody would argue that Jalen Carter was head and shoulders better than what they have right now at defensive tackle. So those two positions are markedly – down you know the question now is how much slack can the offense pick up and you know Carson Beck has a much tougher job than Stetson Bennett did because his defense not a good and in his supporting cast um, he's dealing with two transfer receivers that have gotten better as the years progressed but they're still transfer receivers that are trying to you know find their form in George's offense you know, both of them have scored touchdowns finally in each of the last two games there's been improvement uh, from both Marcus Rosemey, Jack Sane, I think he's having a very good year. I think he's very reliable. Uh, and now Lad McConkey could be back. In the backfield, I think Dejan has certainly uh, been a blue-collar uh, soldier back there. He, you know, big, big game, career-high 146 yards. Got to like that. Biggest rushing performance since Swift in 2019. Need more of that. You're going to need more of the run game. I think you're going to need more of Carson back uh, playmaking and less of Carson's mistakes. Kirby brought that up yesterday, that there's just not as much of a margin for error against better competition that you're going to be facing moving forward. All right, let's move forward to this. I think Saturday is an interesting day for Georgia fans because of a game that doesn't involve UGA. I think Tennessee going to Alabama, first of all, is just a fascinating game if you're a football fan. But I do believe there's a little bit of a Georgia angle on this too, Mike. And to me, the question is, is there a truly formidable foe standing in Georgia's way before the end of the season? With due respect to Mississippi, who's highly ranked, I think it's likely to be, more likely to be, one of the two games, or I should say one of the two teams playing in this game, um, if it's going to be anybody. So here's what I believe we'll see on Saturday, one of three things. Either Alabama handles Tennessee, setting up what could be a big-time clash in an SEC championship, assuming Georgia gets there. Tennessee goes on the road, beats Alabama, which sets up a massive road test for Georgia with its sort of supremacy on the line going into Neyland Stadium in Knoxville. Or 
perhaps this is a little bit of Tennessee and Alabama both showing the vulnerabilities they've perhaps shown at times this year, and you're left to conclude that in the SEC, at least this season, there really isn't that obvious stumbling block standing in Georgia's way. I think one way or another, we're going to get a pretty big hint on Saturday about whether or not there is just this big, massive game looming for Georgia at some point in time before the SEC part of this slate is done here this year. Do you agree with that? Well, I, you know, I think we will get a read on both of these teams. I suppose my takeaway is that Georgia really needs to root for Alabama to win um, because you don't want the de facto SEC championship game to be in Knoxville, right? If Tennessee loses, they'll have two conference losses, and that would give Georgia some wiggle room. Not not saying that Kirby's ever going to want to you know lose a game. They don't. But if Georgia should slip up in a road game at Tennessee, it's possible uh, if Tennessee loses to Alabama, they'll have two conference losses. It would be possible for Georgia to lose in Knoxville and still win the East, right? So that's why you want Alabama to win. Winning doesn't necessarily guarantee Alabama the West, however, because you have a one-loss LSU that's coming to Tuscaloosa. That's going to be the West championship at this time, at least. And, and Ole Miss is out there with one loss also, albeit to Alabama, so they don't have the head-to-head. They have beaten LSU, however, um, so if LSU were to beat Alabama, that would create a three-week tie. But <clears throat> Alabama beating Tennessee is the best-case scenario. As far as how formidable the other teams are, I guess that depends on, and, and you were there, your, your opinion on if Missouri, with, with you know, more returning talent than anybody in the league. I mean, they had, they had Georgia down 10 points last year. We know Missouri will be confident at least, but they'll have to take on the Sanford Stadium crowd in addition to the Bulldogs. And we know how the crowd in Sanford Stadium can affect games. We've seen it uh, firsthand with multiple false start and motion penalties because of the ferocity of the Sanford Stadium crowd. Same thing with Ole Miss, although I do feel like Ole Miss is a tougher opponent than Missouri because of their running game and their ability to find balance and Lane Kiffin's knowledge of Kirby's defense with his years of experience working with him and working against the defensive system that Kirby plays very similar to Alabama. So I feel like Old Miss and Tennessee are probably the two most dangerous. But but let's not forget Florida handled Tennessee earlier this year pretty convincingly. And Florida's got a lot of momentum right now. They they just they came off a huge, huge win. And it is in Jacksonville. And that's the last time Georgia lost a regular season game. Uh, right after a, a star player got hurt, by the way. Um, Jordan Davis wasn't there. So Florida, to me, still has enough teeth to make it interesting. Remember, B.A., they were only down one score in the second half last year. As great as Georgia was last year, that was that game was a little dicey. Uh, that was a sloppy game for, for Georgia last year with some turnovers. And uh, Missouri had them down 10 points. So I, I don't think there's anything easy about anything left. I think it's a matter of this Georgia team uh, elevating, um, resetting, and like you said, I mean, you know, showing that resiliency that, that they've come to be known for. Um, but at the end of the day, is this team as talented or as good as the last two that Georgia's had? I, I don't think we'd be wrong to say that the last two teams in 2021 and 2022 were better than what we've seen so far in 2023. Yeah. It's our Georgia Farm Bureau Insider Update with Mike Griffith here today. Of course, Mike, give us that insight that he sees from Athens on a daily basis here in the state of Georgia. And speaking of being in the state, that's what the Georgia Farm Bureau agents and employees, the folks that are kind of serving you and your insurance needs, they're right here in the same state, just like uh, we are at Dog Nation. 
you know, going to work and living and doing everything that life requires right here in the state of Georgia. So when you talk to them about your insurance needs for your home, for your auto, for your life, whatever else, they understand you because they understand the state that you live in and the things that you're doing on a daily basis here in the state. That's why you want to trust them with your insurance needs, whether it is your home insurance, your auto insurance, whatever else. Uh, You've heard me say it before that Georgia Farm Bureau is always the home team. I want you to reach out to them online and find out how true that is. Friendly people taking care of you and understanding the insurance needs that you have. So find them online at gfbinsurance.com. That's gfbinsurance.com. Check out Georgia Farm Bureau, always the home team. All right, Mike, let's finish with this here tonight. Tonight, uh, the Chick-fil-A Dog Bowl. Great experience uh, for all of us. I'm, you know, I'm personally proud to be a part of this. And, Mike, you've done a great job of kind of helping uh, get this organized from the Dog Nation side of this. To be with Coach Rick, so many of Coach Rick's former players, current Georgia players there as well, raising money for two wonderful causes, Parkinson's Disease Research, Crohn's Disease Research, inviting Dog Nation folks to tune in and watch this at 6.30 tonight on dognation.com, but also participate in the giving and showing support to the Ricks for causes that are near and dear to them. How excited are you tonight about the about the uh, Chick-fil-A Dog Bowl streaming live at dognation.com? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. A unique opportunity for sure to see these guys bowl and and you know uh, talk to you know former players and have the opportunity to you know to you know see you in action. I, I, I've never heard you call a bowling game. I've heard you call <laughs> high school football on peach. I, do you, I, have you I, have you been cramming BA? Have you been have you been digging up some bowling terms and watching any bowling uh, video footage? We may bring some of that out tonight. Yes, we might. We we, we might bring out some Pete Weber style uh, bowling analysis here before the night's over with. I, I love it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll have the whole Dog Nation team there. I know Kaylee Manziel is going to be there as well, and Connor Riley and, and Jeff Centel. So it's going to be a really neat event for a really good cause. Obviously, Coach Rick means so much to so many people, and the foundation that he set, and you know, for Kirby to be able to blast off and put this team in a national title game two years later with all those Mark Rick players, and and build on that success, and and you know, for Georgia fans and boosters to come forward with the kind of facilities that Coach Rick never had, and now Kirby cashing in with national titles and producing more NFL talent, and and for Coach Rick to be back in the community now and doing this good work on behalf of. Uh, Crohn's disease and Parkinson's, which I think we know he is afflicted with, um, and the fact that he'll be there tonight as well with with his family. and And how cool is it, you know, that Kirby and and Mark have this kind of respect and rapport uh, for one another? Lest anyone forget, it was Kirby uh, that worked for Mark in 2005. Mark hired him uh, to be a running backs coach. He said he wanted that he just didn't have a defensive spot open, but he wanted him so bad he made him a running backs coach for that year. And you know that that had to factor in and help Kirby out in some way, shape, or form as he got to work with Mark Rick for a year there, as well as at Florida State, uh, where Kirby was a graduate assistant uh, under Bobby Bowden. So it's cool to see the Georgia family all together. I know Josh Brooks, the athletic director, he'll be there tonight as well. And uh, just says so much for the Georgia community, the coaches, the administrators, and the fans um, that have made all these donations. I know they're going to work really hard uh, BA, they want to get to a million dollars tonight. So yeah. um, there's really a lot at stake there because, and this research will be done at the University of Georgia, by the way. So all the way around, it's going to be a fantastic evening. All right, Mike, we'll see you tonight. Chick fil A Dog Bowl streaming live, 6 30 p.m. on the dognation.com website. Coach Rick, great collection of uh, Georgia famous faces and names. Going to be a great time for some great causes. We'll look forward to seeing you then. I look forward to it, BA. Have a good one. 
Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. We will see you tonight for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. 6.30 p.m. here at dognation.com. Of course, go to dognation.com right now. You can click the link and you can give in support of the Ricks as they raise money for Crohn's disease, Parkinson's disease research through the Isaacson Center there at UGA. One of the top facilities in the world just happens to be at Georgia here. So a great tie-in with all of that. We're also a couple of minutes away from former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm joining us on the show today always a lot of fun and prior to that let us go cruising around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean of course royal caribbean's got great stuff in store for 2024 you know i'm excited about being on icon of the seas in january can't wait for that but i want you to be aware as well there is another royal caribbean cruise ship set to debut in 2024 how about july of 2024 and the debut of utopia of the seas it's the newest in the oasis class of ships what I love about this is, this is kind of specific for my family, but I think a lot of families kind of find themselves in kind of a similar way here. Um, for my family, a lot of times the sort of three, the four-night sailings can be a little bit of an easier cruise to book because in our family of four, everybody's got things going on. There's so many different you know schedules to kind of consider. Even young kids, they've got baseball, gymnastics, things like that. So you're trying to plan all of that, and the shorter cruise makes that a little bit easier sometimes to do plus we love to go out of port canaveral we go to orlando a lot anyway my family does and so you know that cruise port just right down the road from orlando you kind of uh pop over there you get on the shorter cruise and now royal caribbean says hey for those of you that love port canaveral for the three and the four night sailings how about the brand new newest in the oasis class ship as a way to do that we've never really had the largest class of ships doing the three and four night sailings before but this year that's going to be started and in july it's going to be the newest of them all doing that so it's a wonderful time to be thinking about a royal caribbean cruise vacation and jessica slater is a wonderful travel agent to help you with that she is specially selected for us by royal caribbean to help you with your cruise vacation needs so give her a call 770-718-9147 that's 770-718-9147 you can also email her jay slater at dreamvacations.com that's jay slater at dreamvacations.com let her tell you about icon of the seas utopia of the seas the dog nation cruise in april on allure of the seas she'll tell you about all of that and you can uh, find out more all right let's go cruising around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean here for a moment i'm gonna start with this and this is not sec related but sec fans will get a kick out of this dabo swinney calling out some of his fans now this is the way life goes when you've been a fixture in the college football playoff you've won a couple of national championships and now your program is kind of a far cry from what it once was Dabo is not enjoying feeling the heat on this now I would say generally speaking I may like Dabo better than some of y'all do but uh, I don't like this from Dabo I just don't like this at all he says we're at a point in our time and I hate that where people if you don't go undefeated they say you're losers you're terrible and it's such a terrible mindset and honestly maybe we need to lose a few games and lighten up the bandwagon sometimes the bandwagon can get a little too full I don't like this for two reasons you know the idea that you are above criticism i find to be grotesque and a lot of coaches sometimes get afflicted with this but here's the thing you understand there is no area in life where your expertise absolves you from criticism that's just not, that's not how life works you know you may be the ceo of some giant tech company you may be brilliant but the truth is you're still beholden to the shareholders the shareholders who don't know as much about you but you still answer them they are your boss 
Same thing with like our generals in the military and things like that. They may know about war and military strategy than I do, but the leader of the armed forces is still a civilian. And that civilian still answers to the average voter, the commander in chief, the president, voted on by the public. Once again, the best general in the armed forces, whatever you know you want to call that person, that person still answers to the voter in a roundabout way smart brilliant ceos they still answer to shareholders that's the way that life works your expertise does not insulate you from criticism so it may be annoying especially when the person criticizing you doesn't know as much as you do but football coach Dabo swinney that is life exit the football world and you'll see how quickly that also exists in every other walk of life as well so even if it's annoying stop whining about it that's sort of the first thing to understand there and the second thing is this there is nothing worse than the idea of, oh, we don't have any room for bandwagon fans. Now, I advise Georgia fans themselves to kind of be this this way, too, because sometimes you sort of see the meme kind of pop up of, oh, well, if you don't remember whatever fill-in-the-blank bad thing that happened, then you don't get to be with us for these good things that happened right there. I understand the temptation to be, like, totally rejecting of any kind of, like, bandwagon-style fan, but I think the bandwagon fans, people that become Georgia fans because of the success that Georgia's having, I think that makes things more fun. When Georgia football becomes a bigger deal, for those of us who've been here for a long time, seeing how big of a deal Georgia football has become, I think that's just fun. And I think that Georgia fans, even the ones that are kind of diehards like we all are, I think they should embrace a certain total uh, you know, of, of bandwagon arrivals on this. I think that's something that Georgia fans should be pretty tolerant of and embracing of. And I definitely think coaches like Dabo Sweeney should be embracing of that. Because if you want to keep making $100 million contracts, you can't be calling the fan base because it's the size of the fan base. Clemson, by the way, by and large, not as large as some fan bases are to begin with, but it's the size of the fan base that supports your $100 million lifestyle and the waterfall around the lazy river, around the football facility and all that kind of stuff. I mean, some of that's paid for by sort of the bandwagon, you know, Johnny comes lately to the program you got going on there. So I don't hate Dabo, but I do hate these comments from Dabo. I'm sure many of you find them humorous. Here is something else you're going to find humorous. <laughs> so Shane Beamer in South Carolina lost to Florida on Saturday. And the story as it goes, and I'm going to get, listen, here's another one of those things. A lot of y'all love making fun of Shane Beamer because you have this perception that Kirby doesn't like Beamer and Beamer also coaches South Carolina. And so therefore, you don't like any coach that kind of does battle with Georgia on a regular basis. I don't have a bad word to say about Shane Beamer. I like Shane Beamer. And in a roundabout way, stories like this sort of make me like him more. So Beamer limps into his weekly news conference, and he's got a cast on his foot. He had every opportunity to lie about this. Now, maybe there's video of him that makes the lie impossible. Guess what? There are a lot of people that lie about stuff. They're caught on video as well. So you know, even that is maybe somewhat commendable. But Beamer admits that his broken foot is the result of, quote, it was after the game and certainly was a gut-wrenching and emotional loss. I was frustrated and I kicked something that I shouldn't have kicked and I thought I was okay. And then the adrenaline of the game wore off. Y'all, here's why I like Shane Beamer. And this is why I want coaches like Beamer in college football. This is just sort of regular guy stuff, right? I mean, on every level. A, we all kind of know what it feels like to maybe – you know, do something in the moment and think you're okay, only to have adrenaline then later on wear off. You're like, oh boy, this hurts worse than I realized it did. That's something we all have an experience with. Plus, here's the thing. When you're at home against Florida and it's a game that you're somewhat expected to win, but it's also just sort of a close game against kind of perceived equals, 
And if you lose that, that is gut-wrenching. And you probably do want to kick something. Now, should you break your foot kicking something? You probably shouldn't. But you know what? There are a lot of times in life the emotion kind of gets the best of us. We end up kicking something we shouldn't have kicked, and we end up hurting ourselves. I mean, not everybody's had that experience, but enough of us have had some sort of experience like that. That's just sort of a normal, regular guy thing. Now, Beamer's going to get laughed at. He's going to get made fun of. Georgia fans are probably some of the ones leading the way on that. I do get that. But honestly, I'm not going to say a bad word about this. I know what it feels like to have disappointment. I know what it feels like to face frustration. I know what it feels like to sometimes have a slightly inappropriate response to some of that frustration and disappointment. Beamer is kind of like all of us in this particular case. So make fun of him if you want, but I don't think having coaches who kind of act like regular guys is necessarily such a bad thing all the time. Uh, Let me give you one more thing here real quick. I am quite fascinated. We talked about Alabama-Tennessee with Mike a moment ago. That's obviously a great football game on Saturday, I believe. I am fascinated, though, in two other games, and both of them involve uh, future George opponents. Shane Beamer and his broken foot will hobble their way into Columbia, Missouri on Saturday. And this is a Missouri team trying to – they're ranked 20th in the country right now. They're trying to stay hot. We told you yesterday that not only is Missouri – it's beyond, I would say, a sneaky tough game for Georgia. It just sort of is a tough game for Georgia. And there's a chance it has a very big spotlight on it. I guess – I mean – there's still a chance that Georgia-Missouri is the primetime game on CBS. I would say it's more likely than not that's Alabama-LSU, but there is a possibility that could be Georgia-Missouri. So you could have a very big, big spotlight on that one, assuming that Missouri keeps winning. Something else to watch for in this particular game, while Missouri won easily against Kentucky on Saturday, Brady Cook, the quarterback, did not have his best game. Uh, Luther Bird, the wide receiver, was not as involved in the offense as he's been. So if Missouri is going to threaten Georgia, the best of Cook and the most of Burden are probably kind of a prerequisite for that. So watching them against South Carolina on Saturday is probably uh, worth paying attention to and to see if they can get the Burden train back rolling again after not really being a huge part of the game this past Saturday. And then Ole Miss goes on the road to Auburn. This is Hugh Freeze against his old team. There'll be some juice around that. But it's also an Ole Miss team trying to just sort of maintain a level of consistency, knowing that you heard David Pollock say it, that game's going to be, he said, a problem for Georgia. Well, how true is that? They can be in a spot where Georgia once was. Do they struggle the way that Georgia did, did at times at Jordan-Hare Stadium? Do they make it look easier than that? A little bit of a precursor for what we'll see when Ole Miss comes to Athens in a couple of weeks, what they do at Auburn on Saturday. That is a fascinating football game as well. And we'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean, and now, as promised, a really fun conversation with the former Georgia quarterback, Jake Fromm. We call it a Kroger Fresh Take. And here on Dog Nation Daily, time now for a Kroger Fresh Take as we welcome in the former Georgia quarterback, Jake Fromm, to our program, and obviously a lot to talk to Jake about, about the news today around UGA. But prior to that, Jake, let's extend some congratulations. Your Washington Commanders organization gets a win against the Falcons this past Sunday. Not a good game for the home team. A lot of Falcons fans not happy with the way the team played. But uh, obviously you guys come down here, get the win. And I'm sure it's been a sort of a nice you know time. Anytime you get earn a win in the NFL, not an easy thing to do. So I'm sure uh, the Commanders players, the fellow coaches, I'm sure they've been uh, very happy about that in the aftermath of all of that. Yeah, Brandon, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always good to win a game in the NFL. It's very tough to do, especially on the road. Um, just kind of all comes down to the turnover battle, and we won that. So great uh, great flight home and uh, ready to start another week. And my understanding is you got a chance to visit a little bit with some family and uh, you know spend some time with them, which is also kind of a nice thing to do during the middle of the season too, I guess. 
Oh, great. It definitely kind of breaks it up. In-laws and my parents came up, had a little dinner. Of course, the wife was there as well. So always great to see everybody and uh, spend a little time with them. Now, i got to ask you the personal question here. Normally, young family, you know, young married man goes out to dinner with the, with the parents. Parents typically pick up the tab, but that you're an NFL quarterback. You've got starting experience in this league. Who's picking up the tab in a situation like this? <laughs> well, we uh... – we, we got some good good men in our family, and uh, it's always uh, always a race to go pick up the tab. That's good stuff. Uh, and I was just a uh, I was a little bit quicker uh, on this go around. Well, listen, that's a very gentlemanly act on your part, Jake. That's a really cool thing. I, I appreciate that. Sorry for getting in your business, but I was I was just curious <laughs> about good. that. Uh, obviously, <laughs> we're laughing and having fun, but it has not been super fun here around Dog Nation the last few days. The uh, aftermath of the Brock Bowers injury, we know now it's the high ankle sprain, the uh, tightrope surgery, and out. Here here for at least a little bit of the next few weeks what was your reaction on hearing this news for Bowers with this injury yeah man it's just terrible I, I hate it um I hate it for Brock man um he had just so much going for him uh you know obviously a great player but uh, a really exceptional career yeah he was really just kind of touching up and, and putting his final stamp of approval for the season and uh, I just hate it for him I mean he's gonna go down as, as one of the best players to ever put on uh, a Georgia football jersey, but um, man, I just I think he really could have taken that next step and, and, and been in that conversation. Um, you know, hopefully that uh, you know, the surgery goes well and, and he's able to uh, recover and do all the things he needs to do uh, to better his career in the future. But man, if he can come back and, and play some really good football for us and some good uh, some good downs here later in the year, man, that would be even better uh, for the team because um, they're going to miss him big time coming up here in these next couple weeks. You know, the whole idea of the so-called tightrope surgery and this thing to, you know, kind of uh, correct these high ankle sprains, to me, is a fairly new phenomenon. How much experience have you had around this with guys that you've played with? I don't believe you yourself have ever had to have this, but guys that you've played with or how much chatter do you hear about this kind of stuff, either a professional or, or a college locker room? What is your experience level with these kinds of ankle injuries? You know, to be honest with you, my experience with them is, is very minimal. Um, I, I personally have not had, you know, anything ankle. Uh, thank God for that. Um, but I, I just – I don't really remember any, any guys who've had um, this tightrope surgery, um, you know, that I was really close to and, and could really kind of poke and prod them for information on them. Um, but, um, yeah, like you said, I think it's a newer a newer thing and – um, if they can go in there and, and, and fix it up and, and getting to recover quickly um, and quicker, more relative to than just letting it um, kind of run its course, um, is, is good for everybody. You have a different understanding of the offense than someone like me is going to have because you've run offenses. You've been quarterback and you've you know been the architect of stuff like this. Um, I think for the average fan, such as myself, we sort of see, okay, well, the other tight ends, such as Oscar Delp or perhaps one of the young guys, they'll be called upon to step up more now. Or perhaps other wide receivers, maybe someone like Ladd McConkey coming back from his own injury or any number of other receivers you might mention, they'll be kind of called upon to step up and get some of the touches that Bowers otherwise would have been getting. From your perspective, though, as someone who kind of understands how offenses sort of work in a way that I don't, what do you think the Georgia offense without Brock Bowers is going to look like? What do you perhaps think it needs to look like? Yeah, I, I, it's going to be a, a collective effort from everybody to, to up their game and step their level up. 
Um, really hoping that Lad during this bye week uh, gets his body feeling right. Um, you just you need as a quarterback, you need a, secu- a security blanket. You need a guy that, man, when stuff's hitting the fan, I can go to, and I, I just I know he's going to be there. Where you know, be there at the right time, at the right place. Um, he's going to make a play for me. So um, Brock has obviously been that guy uh, throughout uh, his career. Uh, but somebody's going to have to step up and, and fill that gap and fill that void. Uh, they're going to need a guy who um, can can take the ball, um, break tackles, make plays down the field, and, and extend plays. So uh, who that guy is, I don't know. I think it's going to be a uh, I think it's going to be done by committee. Um, but it's going to take a collective effort um, by the entire group. Apart from the Bowers injury, this is a team that also kind of looking forward to its bye week for a lot of other reasons. You've got Kendall Milton kind of nursing something right now, Marius Mims, who's on his way back from his own tightrope surgery uh, a few weeks ago, and just the general kind of bumps and bruises that take place during the season. Jake, how valuable is this off week? How valuable is that time, not just prior to the Florida game, which I want to talk to you about in a minute, but just at this point in the season to kind of get that Saturday without having to play a game? How does the, how do the Georgia players use this, and how valuable can that time be? Yeah, I, I think it's hitting uh, at, at the right time. Um, just just from a, a player perspective, of uh, getting guys healthy, um, getting guys back, um, you, you're really starting to hit that meat of the schedule after the bye week. Uh, get some uh, get the coaches time to to get an idea, and prepare, and get ahead. Um, and then also too, I mean, this is a, uh, it, it, when I was there at school, this is always a, a critical time for us to come together as a team and really figure out our identity moving forward. Um, you know, for me, 2018, uh, that was a big game for me coming out of the bye week uh, to you know solidify myself as the guy against Florida. Um, had a big game there, so. Uh, for Carson as well, man. Let's let's come out um, and let's, let's let's get this offense going and, and firing on all cylinders. When you were playing in that game against Florida in 2018, um, like you said, there's all kinds of chatter. Obviously, Georgia had lost LSU. Georgia doesn't lose very much, so any kind of loss brings a lot of you know discussion and things like that. Were you personally feeling some pressure going into that game? And I mean, you can make a case that was one of the best games you ever played at Georgia. I mean, you were uh, tremendous against Florida that day. Um, in that 2018 game, how much personal pressure were you feeling going into that game against Florida back then? Uh, I mean, a, a lot. I mean, it was a lot of pressure put on myself from myself um, just because I, I wanted to play great. I mm-hmm. didn't want to let the guys down. I mean, we had a great team with, with great opportunities in front of us, and, and I, I didn't want to be that guy that, that, that held us back from, from getting to those opportunities. So um, I, I wanted to, to play great, obviously, and um, – Man, we really went to work and uh, had a great uh, bye week, man. We got a lot of reps in and, and figured a lot of things out, and um, it, uh, it came up that next week big for us. It is our Kroger Fresh Day with Jake Fromm here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger, and obviously we're heading towards Halloween there, too. And we're talking Georgia-Florida. That's always a signal that Halloween is kind of right there around the corner there as well. So to get stocked up and get great savings on everything that you need to make Halloween as much fun as it needs to be for you and your family, Kroger's got you covered on all of that. Kroger.com slash Halloween for more details. Big savings on decor and candy and everything else. The toys that perhaps uh, is a part of this for you there as well. Kroger.com slash Halloween for a lot more on that. So 
looking at the Georgia Florida game overall, in addition to the really tremendous performances you had, both 2018, you know, 2019, 2017, pretty much everybody had a great uh, game down there. That was a blowout win for you guys. Uh, but in particular, you made some very big throws in the 2018 and 2019 games down there. From your perspective, as someone who's had success in this rivalry, what does Georgia Florida mean to you? The game that Georgia will play next coming up in a couple of weeks. What's the vibe like in Jacksonville and all the energy that exists around this rivalry game? You know, when I say Georgia Florida, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, I mean it's a big deal for me, man. I, I never really had a, a liking uh, for those guys yeah. before that university, yeah. so it's um, it always a, a statement game and a, a statement time to, to go and, and win and and really propel, uh, prepare and propel your team and and and, and fix your situation going into uh, kind of later in the year to fix yourself up for the SEC championship game. So a big deal and a lot riding on it. And uh, there's a lot of chaos that surrounds the game on the outside, but you really have to channel your focus and, and go in and play a hard, tough game for four quarters. Yeah, it's an interesting situation, right? Because, I mean, you know, there is – I mean, people have been in there four and five days. They've been tailgating all day long. Yeah. As a player, can you kind of feel the sort of weirdness in the air from all the, the – adults have kind of turned this into like a uh you know oh, yeah. a, like an adult style spring break and you kind of feel that vibe a little bit oh yeah you you can't you can't help but see it when you uh are, are driving over the bridge and uh man it's just there's a lot going on a lot of party boats a lot of a lot of, a lot of stuff going on man and um you know as a young kid you really got to focus up because yeah. this is a uh it's a, it's a big time football game well, you've given us some great memories in this Georgia-Florida rivalry over the years, Jake. I'm glad to be able to look back on that with you here today. Thanks for being here as a part of a Kroger Fresh Take. Continued success up there in Washington. We'll look forward to talking to you on our program again very soon. Awesome, Brandon. Thank you. I always think it's really interesting when, like Jake said, it's like you're a young player. You look around. These adults are acting crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, just having the time of their lives. Adult spring break down there for the cocktail party each and every year. But Georgia has been very good in recent years. I'm blocking out any potential distractions from that and going on to get a win against those lousy, stinking Gators. We believe the same thing happens this year as well. And speaking of cocktails for the cocktail party, you know what we believe. No better choice for that than the finished long drink. Because if you like mixed drinks, ready-to-drink cocktails right there in the can, uh, that is what the finished long drink is all about. And no better way to go down and show those Florida folks what it's all about than a little great flavor from the peach state. How about some peach-flavored version? of the finished long drink there as well or perhaps for you it's the traditional blue can with the grapefruit flavor the gin kick long drink zero no carbs no sugar long drink strong eight and a half percent alcohol by volume or the long drink cranberry a lot of you love that there as well just have plenty of finished long drink in those coolers going down to the cocktail party next weekend lousy stinking gators have nothing to be happy about but all of us will have plenty to enjoy when the finished long drink is a part of our tailgates for the cocktail party we'll see you there for that all right, to wrap up here, we need to be serious just for a moment as we move into our golden shoes. There has been a little bit of a controversy bubbling behind the scenes, and I try not to give life to too much of this kind of stuff, but there are some out there trying to portray our idea of Brocktober and the month celebrating Brock Bowers as sort of a cosmic negative energy that has produced the Bowers injury. We don't like thinking about that because we would never want that to be true. Plus, we're not, generally speaking, superstitious people. But nonetheless, you know, we do have to acknowledge that some of that criticism exists. In fact, let me show you our first golden shoe winner for today. So Gene Haran wrote in on me on this and said, I'm not going to lie to you, B.A. It seems like Brocktober kind of backfired. Gene, not the only one to say that. I kind of jokingly responded back to him. 
that my family and I are asking for privacy during this difficult time. The heat we've been taking because of how Brocktober has clearly not quite worked out the way we intended it for it to be, but there are apparently other Georgia fans coming to my defense here in light of the fact that some people are blaming Brocktober for the uh, issues with Brock Bowers. Let me show you this from a buddy, General Buster Grant, who says, I've actually been acquitted on all charges as it relates to the Brocktober resulting in the Brock Bowers injury. He says this was done by a scientific and legally sound trial by the Twitter mob, which is a very funny way for Buster to say that. Let me show you the poll that Buster put up here. And according to Buster Grant, um, the Brocktober meme, only 11.7% of voters think that Brocktober is responsible for Brock Bauer's injury. 19.5% think it's Mike Bobo just because, because there's always somebody on the internet blaming Mike Bobo for something. And according to Buster Grant's poll of the Twitter mob, 68.8% of people blame the so-called Drake curse on the Brock Bowers injury that that's what's responsible for that many of you know that the hip-hop star Drake a forever fan of every team in the entire world when he wears your team's gear bad things immediately happen Drake was seen wearing Georgia gear this is a true story and the Brock Bowers injury happened shortly after that so thank goodness for Drake that takes the heat off me because only just slightly less than 12 percent of people that think our Brocktober hype train promotion is responsible for the Brock Bowers injury very funny stuff all the way around we'll give out some golden shoes for that including the 68.8 percent of people who think it's Drake's fault and not mine I will certainly be grateful for that now speaking of the lousy stinking gators how about 10 days from right now in Jacksonville world's largest outdoor cocktail party lousy stinking gators they don't have Drake to save them they won't have anybody to save them the dogs are coming. They're bringing hell with them, including a big, big response to the Brock Bowers injury. We'll see you tomorrow, dog. And tonight, by the way, for the Chick-fil-A Dog Bowl with Mark Reck. Back here tomorrow, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Pass Manager. Talk to you then, everybody.